Okay, uh, church, I cannot really say much more. Um, I'm always connected to Africa. In our ministry, if I may call it our ministry, it's him. It's, I don't really have a ministry. It's God working through us. It's all, it's God's ministry. It's God working through every one of us. Um, the global prayer movement, uh, we have seen, I mean, we had leaders from the underground church in China. We had leaders from Iran. In fact, I have a Zoom call this week. Not this week. With, I need to set up the Zoom call this week already. Text back and forth with a leader from Iran. He's not in Iran at the moment. That's why I can, I can communicate with him. And we're going to set up a Zoom call, and I'm going to talk to him about more leaders that we want to bring out of Iran into the next upper room. In our, the Iran is currently, the underground church in Iran currently is the fastest growing church in the world. Never put the church under pressure. If you don't want the church to grow, leave the church alone. If you would put pressure on the church, you've had it, Satan. The church will grow. If I tell you the stories that this man told us in Houston in the upper room, what's happening in Iran, how many Christians come to the Lord, something like 9 out of 10 Iranians, when they hear about Jesus, they're accepting as Lord and Savior. Uh, they meet Jesus in dreams. Jesus appeared to them in dreams. Jesus gives them uh, addresses and faces of the underground church and what the pastor looked like. Uh, this is not what I heard about. I heard it out of the mouth. We could not put this man on television or on a camera. Uh, he, was, he just said, don't put me on any camera. I cannot afford that they find out who I'm connected to. Now, there's many of these people. There is an Arab lady in, uh, not in Jerusalem, in Nazareth, Arania Sajay. Arania is an Arab woman who's building a house of prayer in Nazareth. And uh, she was in Houston, and she will be on this uh, global council. In fact, she's one of the people that will get the letter tomorrow. I told you this morning that Suzette Hutton who was the intercessor for many, many years, the main intercessor that heads up all the prayer movements for uh, Reinhard Bonnke's crusades in Africa. She is part of this team now. She is in the East, works in Eastern nations. A very, very, very powerful ministry. Um, so this, there's a great stirring. One of the greatest church planters in the world um, is part of our team. They have access to 32 nations in South America and asked me whether I can consider to come to 32 nations in South America. How do you do that? Um, but they will have three conferences and 32 nations will come to those conferences in South America and then I will go there. But I'm not even going to do that. I told you this morning I could not go to the Yonki Cho conference two years ago because it was one week before the Houston Upper Room. You cannot fly around the world and do two conferences and still be human. Um, it is impossible. That's why if, but I saw what God does in the roundtables, and when I saw how the anointing comes in and how the anointing empower leaders, I, I, I realized that's the answer. If we can bring nations, apostolic generals together and the Holy Spirit come down on them, then we can influence a billion souls. Uh, 
And not only that, once that happened, those divine connections, when they come together, it's, there's already uh, people on one another's pulpits because of the previous upper rooms. Um, so I had a, the younger generation in the, one of the upper rooms. I brought Doug Small on the platform, and Doug Small looked like 1940. He dresses like 1950. Uh, his hairstyle is 1949, and uh, he, that's what you will think of him. When he opens his mouth, I tell you what, it, a storm will hit you because th that man's knowledge about the word, and uh, God spoke to him in Germany about the next reformation that's coming. So Doug Small is on this team. Uh, one of the leaders in America that has a major plan to win, to bring prayer to cities and transform cities is on this team. So uh, what I'm saying to you is we've come to a point where it's bigger than us. About a year and a half ago, I was praying, and I will end with this. I was praying, and I was praying over the globe, and the Holy Spirit comes over me. You know, David said, I can jump over a wall. In the name of the Lord. Why, why, will he, why will he make statements like, I can jump over a wall? How can you kill a lion? No human being can kill a lion. How do you kill a lion? You must have supernatural strength that, to help you to do that. And I was praying, and I am praying about the globe and, and, and the nations, and, uh, and I stopped. I said, Lord, I cannot pray like this. It's a good thing I'm alone. Um, I, I cannot pray like that. And the Holy Spirit stopped me, and the Holy Spirit said, why not? I said, Lord, it's too big. It's, 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 it's too big. And the Lord said, when you lose control over your tongue, and you lose control over your thinking, your thinking and your tongue become my thinking and my tongue, and I will pray through you. I said, well, wow, it's, it's no wonder I pray like that. And I want to say to all of you, never say never. Never say Rock of Grace will be where Rock of Grace is now. No, no, no. You're in the middle of nowhere, but people will find you in the middle of nowhere. I always say that when I get here. It's, it's because I need to drive uh, so far to get here. And that's why I feel you are in the middle of nowhere. But let me say this to you, church. Um, when you sow, this is what you sow into. My heart is the globe. My heart is apostolic leaders. I love the church. You know, when I came to America, I could not prove that I love the church. I had to go and run my errands. I remember, and I'm going to shock you now, so please, I hope you are my friends after this. In 2006, sorry, do I have more time? Okay. In, in 2006, um, I was in Texas, and I was driving, and I was tired uh, because I was already uh, five years in the country. I said, Lord, must I do this for the rest of my life, uh, just, just wandering around from one church to another? I'm doing it since um, January 1987. I'm in ministry since 1980, and even before that, I traveled. And the Lord, I said, Lord, why can I not join the Assemblies of God? Because they want me to take credentials. And the Lord says, no. I said, God, but I need fellowship. I want to belong somewhere. And the Lord said, no, you cannot. The Lord said to me this. He said, I will use you to bring leaders together from different denominations. 
and I cannot allow you to belong to one. So now I'm ordained by a network of which I'm the vice president myself, so I approve myself for ordination. Um, if, you, if, you don't, if you can't get ordination, I'll give you some tips how to do it. Start your own organization. <laughs> and, um, but I am. And today I can honestly say what God told me in 2006 is happening. Church, the end time harvest is going to be huge. It's going to include millions and millions upon millions. America, the Lord is not done with this nation. And I will share one more thing from my heart. I told the, my brothers today at the table. I said, I will not do this upper room unless the Lord uh, supply the finances up front. I cannot take that responsibility on my shoulders again. I live by faith. And I believe the Lord is going to help us. I believe churches is going to help us. I'm going to do a Zoom call with many, many churches. Hand-pick churches. Only churches where I minister. So unfortunately, I'm going to call you, Pastor Jordan. And uh, please don't. Uh, you must be on the call. Okay. Will you say, I will? He just said, I will. So um, I've got him. Amen. I'll tell him the number later on. No. Um, church, thank you for helping us. It's bigger than myself. I cannot do this. But when you sow into something like this, um, it will benefit you. And I maybe tomorrow night when I talk about the offering, I will show you how it will benefit you. It's scary how God operates. Thank you. Yeah, so I, yeah. You know, I said, I said this morning, and I just want to say it again. Uh, we, we always want to... Uh, give cheerfully and give honor where honor is due, right? I love that, that scripture. Uh, but something's kind of special to me when I see someone who uh, is impacting leaders. Because if you can imagine maybe a lone uh, domino, right? And you, you, you push that down. But when you give to good news to the nations, you're, you're giving to a domino that's affecting another hundred dominoes, right? And there's, because there's leaders that his ministry is impacting, um, that then they go back and impact their churches of hundreds uh, and a couple thousands here and there, and it's powerful. And so um, I want you to just prepare your gift. You can give online by clicking special gift in the dropdown if you're using our app, the Church Center app. Um, so I'm just going to give you a minute to pray about that and ask the Lord what you want to do. If you write a check, as usual, just write it to Rock of Grace. I don't know about you, but I want to bless Pastor Andre. And you guys always are doing do an amazing job. Uh, with that. Um, in fact, I'll even share just that back in my traveling days. So, I was, so seven years here, I was part-time and I would travel part-time. And uh, it was, it's always fun. It's always fulfilling, right, Andre? When just God moves, it's, that's what you're there for. Uh, but it would always be kind of discouraging when you get in the car and you're like, oh, all right, guys, we're going to McDonald's. You know, <laughs> Jeremiah's laughing because he was with me on those trips. And like, I got 10 bucks for you. Now, and then there's sometimes where it's like, whoa, the Lord really blessed us. And it's just really fun to then be able to bless the, the other ministry team members and, and do what you need to do. And so thank, thank you, Andre, for coming in, in faith. And we want to uh, really bless him. Amen. So bow your heads with me. Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity uh, to give. God, we thank you for an opportunity to sow into a ministry that is building your kingdom. Lord, it's, it's truly my favorite thing about Andre and his wife is they love the kingdom and the family of God. And they're not, like he said, just 
in this one circle, but God, they see you moving across the globe. Lord, they see hundreds of people come to know you in churches they've planted, in, in, through pastors, God, that they've blessed. Sometimes we're, I'm sure, on the brink of quitting, and there was a word, Lord, I've heard so many stories where you shared a prophetic word through Andre that helped them just in time. God, so thank you for all the times that he has spent in long nights of travel in hotel rooms. God, you've been with him. We want to bless him. We want to honor him and his wife. So, God, we pray that they would, even after expending and ministering, God, that they would leave Rock of Grace feeling so refreshed. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, welcome back up, Pastor Andre. Well, let's put our hands together one more time. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pastor Jordan. You are Pastor Jordan. Uh, that is Pastor Bill. There's a difference for me between the two. He's the Pastor Bill and you are Pastor Jordan. That's the only way because we've got two Bills here. and So we need to make a, but yeah. I want to honor Pastor Mark Bill. Man, he's the reason why I came to this place the first time and we had some awesome times. He's very, he, he loves the prophetic. I mean, he's a wild guy. And uh, he's a little bit older than me and uh, you can obviously see it. But... Uh, but uh, thank you. Um, let me say this. This church has always blessed us. And the last time that I was here, it was really shockingly good. I don't know whether that's the right way of saying it, but it was extraordinarily good. And I want to thank you for understanding what is at stake and where the whole body of Christ is heading towards. Amen. Thank you. Okay, I want you to open your Bibles and go with me to uh, Luke chapter 5, and you can stay there for a while. I'll come back to Luke chapter 5. Um, and I want to talk to you tonight about um, catch Peter. Now, when I say Peter, you need to put your own name in there. Catch Mark, catch Andre, catch Susan. But before I do that, you know, Everybody always say, well, Pastor Andre is doing this and doing this. I, I just want to tell you what, I, I, I'm so grateful that Naomi is with me tonight. Because two years ago, she was not with me, and we were in a war. And that war that started in her body started six months or a few months before the biggest and the most, most intensive upper room that we've ever had. That was the upper room where most of these underground leaders came to and the Billy Graham Foundation even sent a, a cameraman to make a live DVD of what's happening there. For the Billy, Billy Graham Foundation to send somebody, it cost $15,000 and another Assemblies of God church heard about it and they sponsored the whole $15,000 to make it happen. It was just before that upper room that she got sick, that we got the news and immediately I knew this is a storm that comes from the devil. He doesn't want us to uh, do the upper rooms because this is a threatening thing for his kingdom. And church, here we are. It's three years later. And I want you to thank the Lord by giving him praise for her 
being here with me tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So in Luke chapter 5, we're going to go there right now, but I want to talk to you about Catch Peter. In 1971, the month of October, I was on a youth camp in South Africa on the southern grounds of the Apostolic Faith Mission, which is the largest Pentecostal denomination in South Africa, uh, birthed out of the life of John G. Lake that came out of the Azusa Street Revival as a businessman went to South Africa, an incredible miracle started to happen. I was on the camp in the southern uh, tip of, of South Africa, uh, close to Cape Town, and I was on a youth camp, and on a Saturday afternoon, the Lord got a grip on my life. I went into my little hut, fell on my knees, wept, and I was young, and the Lord called me into ministry, and I remember how I prayed, send me wherever you want to send me. I had no clue what I was praying. There were days that I actually thought, can I change that prayer? It's too late now. Well, he got a grip of me. He caught me. And I want to talk about that tonight, the day when God catch you. Amen? You cannot leave the meeting now. It's too late. You're in it. He's going to get a grip on you tonight. Amen? Now, we're going to talk about Peter, and I'm just going to say a few things about Peter first. And... Um, Matthew 16, verse 15 to 18 says, he said to them, Jesus, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now you say, well, that's easy to say that. No, it's not. You and I know he is the son of the living God. He's Christ, the son of the living God. But those days, they were waiting on the Messiah. And Peter realized we don't need to wait anymore. The Messiah is standing right in, front of, right in front of me. And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said to him, Peter, now Peter means rock, on this rock... I will build my church. It doesn't mean he will build the church on the name of Peter. When he said on this rock, on this revelation, what is the revelation? You are the Christ, the son of the living God, that revelation. Come on. Any church that is not built on fresh revelation is losing their validity. They're, they're almost like to, to exist. We must have revelation amongst us. So this is Peter. Now, Peter was almost like, a, I don't want to say he was a, luke, a lukewarm Christian, but I just want to give you a background check of Peter. And I will not go into the scripture references. We don't have time. Who is Peter? And I, the reason I want to talk about Peter tonight is because I'm going to show you a few things about this, and I'm going to show you where we're going, and I'm going to take the name Peter out of the picture, and I'm going to put your name in there. Amen. Without your approval, I will use your name. Thank you. Peter was rash and hasty, irritable, a man of anger. Yeah, he was a man of anger. But at times, firm and loving. 
That's Peter. In Luke chapter 22, Peter denied Jesus three times. Yeah, he's a Christian, he's a follower, but he's also a denier. That tells you that there was a lot of flaws in this man. He denied Jesus three times. We will not go into how that happened. In Matthew 14, Peter is the one who wants to get out of the boat and walk on water. So he had a certain temperament, and he, but he had certain weaknesses. And the beautiful thing about this incomplete man is that Jesus saw potential in him. So he's walking on water, and he sank, and Jesus said to him, Oh, you had little faith. So Peter was once called a man of little faith. Can you believe it? A man of little faith. In Matthew 15, we find Peter as somebody who mistreats foreigners. He's just not good with all kinds of people. He's just irritable with certain people. How many of you know that sometimes you become irritable? Yeah. Don't show it to the pastor because you will not get, you will not get a leadership position. Well, Peter was an irritable person. He mistreated foreigners. In Matthew 26, we find out that Peter, who walked with Jesus, who is the Messiah, did not pray. Oh, he, he simply fell asleep. He did not pray. He was a snorer, but not a prayer warrior. I found a lot of faults in this man. Matthew 10, verse 13 to 16, he does not care for children. Children? Oh, no, that's a big one. You cannot be in ministry if you don't care for children. If we find out that you have a problem with children, you will never qualify. Well, Peter was such a person. <laughs> when you look at uh, how he caught fish, you find out that he had a tax problem. Didn't pay taxes. That's why he told all night, I hope your taxes are paid. Come on. I will not ask more. I'll just say I hope. He had a tax problem. So there you have a few uh, characteristics of this man called Peter. Now, when you go to the book of Acts, I want to highlight a few other things about Peter. In the book of Acts, the Bible talked about Peter as the chief apostle. Wow. Chief apostle? How did that happen? I don't know. I think Jesus caught him. But it's the chief apostle. Many times when you read about the 12 disciples, you will notice that Peter's name is most of the times mentioned first. Peter's name pop up everywhere. So he was, he was, he was mentioned first most times. In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came, who's the speaker? Speaker is Peter. Not Mark, not John, not Luke. Peter. 3,000 came to the Lord. He was the first speaker after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Wow. This guy was a denier previously. What's going on now? In Acts chapter 3, we will not preach about that. It was the hour of prayer 
Acts 3, chapter, verse 1, the Bible says, And they brought a paralyzed man to the temple, put him at the gate to ask arms. Very clearly, the Bible says, they brought the man paralyzed to ask arms. It doesn't say they brought him for prayer. It was the hour of prayer, but they brought him for arms. It looks like the church today. We call, it, we call a meeting, we call it something, but actually we do all kinds of business at the gate of the church, but we don't do what we came for. Not in this church, I'm talking about other churches. This is church is the great church, that's why I'm coming here. Next week I'll talk about you. <laughs> so here they have a paralyzed man at the gate. Everybody's coming in, hour of prayer. Peter showed up at the hour of prayer. Peter came to the gate, and Peter saw the same man sitting there asking money. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. Why does Peter bring up money? Because Peter knew he's sitting there for money. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, one sentence, one breath. What I don't have on what I do have. It's not that I have nothing, but I just don't have what you are seeking for sitting at the gate. But I've got something better than that. I'm going to give that to you and you will never sit at this gate again. <laughs> and uh, you see, church, the American church have the money. Peter had the power. We need to turn that around. Thank God for money. We cannot operate without finances, but we need to get the power back. Because Peter decided, before I go into the church to pray, I'm first going to clean up the gate of the church so that those that drive by will not see something at the gate of Rock of Grace and say, oh, yeah, that's Rock of Grace. They have a lot of people sitting out there, and they just do nothing. No, 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 no. Never pollute your gates. Anyway, Peter was the guy who cleaned up the gates. Then you find Peter and 1 Peter and 2 Peter. He even wrote two books. It's in the Bible. Incredible. How did this all happen? So I gave you the checklist of the bad things about Peter, and I give you a few highlights of the future Peter. Now we find Peter in Luke chapter 5, and we find Jesus in Luke chapter 5. Let's see how Jesus did it. And then I want to go to John chapter 21. So I need to rush and I want to prophesy to at least 100 people. So uh, can you turn your watches back one hour? Luke chapter 5. It says there, uh, and so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of the Lord that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake but the fishermen had gone washing their nets. Two boats standing by the Two boats standing by the lake, Luke 5, verse 2. Two boats standing by the lake, fishermen gone washing their nets. Two boats standing by the lake, fishermen gone washing their nets. Jesus saw that. It doesn't say Jesus saw two angels. It doesn't say Jesus saw a vision. It doesn't say Jesus saw a powerful demonstration of the Holy Spirit. It says, Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake, fishermen gone washing their nets. Jesus saw an everyday scene. When you look at verse 2, you actually realize somebody had a bad day. 
I don't want to talk too much about the boat, but Peter had probably the biggest boat because there's other scripture references where Jesus was in the boat of Peter and then all the little boats sailed with the main boat. But here we have two boats standing by the lake. Jesus saw that picture and Jesus knew it was not a good day for Peter. It was not a good day for the disciples. And now watch what's going to happen. God knows what the picture of your worst day looked like. God knows what you look like when your hair is hanging. Come on. God knows what you look like 5 o'clock in the afternoon and you had a horrible day. You cannot fool him. He saw this. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. He got into one of the boats. There were two boats. He chose to get into the boat of Simon Peter. I told you, Simon Peter, the name pop up all the time. I wonder why does the name pop up all the time? I, I wonder why is Peter so prominent? Because in Luke chapter 5 and all the other verses, even when he fell asleep in Gethsemane, Jesus already saw Peter in the book of Acts. And I want to warn all of you, when the Holy Spirit zero in on you, prompt, stir, prompt, stir, Come on, he's on your case all the time. He doesn't leave you alone. Guess what? The Holy Spirit is coming after you because he already sees you somewhere in the future and he's going to work your case until you change. Yeah, I'm right on. I heard somebody said right on. Now watch this. He got into one of the boats. So now we have Jesus in Peter's boat. Ask him to put out a little to the land, and he sat down and he told the multitudes from the boat. So here we have a picture. Jesus turned Peter's fishing boat into a pulpit. And now he's teaching the people about his, uh, his kingdom from Peter's boat. How many of you know that boat was never built to be a pulpit? Don't say anything, rather, rather be quiet. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, he's talking to Peter, he said to Simon, remember he got into Simon's boat. So he better talk to the owner now. That's the owner of the boat. And he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let's, uh, let's, go, uh, let, let's go for a catch. So now Jesus is taking Peter's boat into the ocean to catch fish. Jesus never came to catch fish. His father ne never sent him to the earth to catch fish. But you know what? Catching fish is part of your life or my life. We need to catch money. Because the reason they caught fish was not to eat it. You can only eat one fish a day. But when God gives you multiple of fishes, what is that? That's money. You need to sell it. So Jesus said to him, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Catch means to capture alive. Catch means to get a grip on something that can slip away. How many of you want to get a grip on something that can slip away? Before you can get a grip on something that can slip away, allow him to get a grip on you. So what happened here is Jesus said, let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have told all night and we caught nothing. Nevertheless, it's your word, I will let down the net. 
Now, watch that. Peter toiled all night. So he was already on the ocean the whole night. Caught nothing. Why? Tax problem. When you have a tax problem, you toil all night. You don't sleep. You need to make money real quick. The Romans is coming. And with the Romans coming, you don't want to be without money. So the next morning, he caught nothing, and guess what? Jesus saw he's in trouble. And Jesus decided, I'm going to rescue him. But in the process of rescuing Peter and his tax problem, I will catch him. Okay, thank you for your excitement. But Simon answered and said, in, Lord, we've toiled all night, toiled all night. Everybody say, toiled all night. There comes a time that you and I toil all night. We work all day. We labor. We try. We push. We do everything possible within our human abilities. And sometimes it still doesn't work. How many of you know that? That all your efforts does not always pay off. Nobody raised their hands. It's a very successful church, this. Peter said, at your word, I will lay down a net. Jesus said in the previous verse, lay down nets, plural. Peter said, I will just alter your word a little bit. Jesus, don't be overexcited. I know you, I know you want us to take a lot of nets. I'll take one. I know better. I am the professional guy here. You're the theologian. You want to go with me into the ocean? Then you listen to me. I go with you. Then I listen to you. So this is my territory. I'll take one net. I know you said two, but I'm not going to take two. I'll take one. I already have the experience. Jesus, you have no experience. I've told the whole night, caught nothing. I've got a tax problem. I hope the Romans come when you and I are in the ocean so that you can see what kind of threat I have. Amen. Thank you. That's all what Peter, Peter told all those things to the Jesus. That's what he told Jesus. I believe that that's that's what he told him and when they had done this they caught a great number of fish and their net there's a single net again there is peter's little idea again come on by the way the boat was peter's idea jesus never built the boat peter built the boat we all have boats we all have ideas dreams visions and sometimes when jesus comes into our idea we discover oh my goodness uh, my thinking was a little bit small. Because what Jesus is about to dump into the boat is bigger than what the boat can carry. How many of you realize, you don't realize, you, you have no clue how God's going to bless you. I'm prophesying to myself, I need this. Come on, thank you. Now, okay. The net was breaking, so they signaled to the other boat, uh, the other partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats. So remember, Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake, fishermen garden, washing their net. Boat was made out of wood. Wood speaks of humanity. We all have boats. We all live in a human body. We all think like humans. But when we an, uh, invite divinity into our humanity, our humanity need to prepare to break all records. Come on, rock of grace. Uh, invite divinity into your humanity and break all records. 
How many of you are ready for a divinity visitation into your humanity ideas, into your boat, your vision, your dream? Come on. That's why when the Holy Spirit comes over me, I say, Lord, what am I praying? I'm praying something that's bigger than my brain box, God. God, I cannot pray like this. And then the Holy Spirit said, when you give me your brain box, that's what it sounds like when it comes out of your mouth. You pray like God. Sorry, I will not do that again. I will go back to my Presbyterian style. So they signaled to the other boat, and the other boat come, and they, they both uh, filled both boats, and they, they began to sink. I love it. They are sinking. Why? Because when the weight, when the weight of God's goodness comes into your life, your little stinking structure, your brainchild cannot carry the weight of God's goodness. And that's my biggest problem, to change leadership's thinking and say, hey, God can do anything. Help me. Thank you for your excitement. Now watch this. They're in Peter's boat, Peter's idea, Peter's vision, Peter's boat. But Jesus is in the boat. They are sinking. According to the scriptures, they never drowned. When God comes into your life, you will never drown. You may think you're going under, but you will not drown. So what happened next? And uh, the Bible says, when Peter, when Simon Peter, the Bible doesn't talk about any of the other disciples. It's just Peter, 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 Peter. But Peter was not the only one in the boat. There was many other disciples. But it's Peter, Peter, Peter. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, Jesus is all about Peter. Jesus is focusing on Peter. Jesus saw him in Gethsemane. Jesus know how he denied. Jesus know he's not good with children. Jesus know he's not good with foreigners. And Jesus know he's an irritable man. And Jesus knows that he's got an anger problem. But Jesus says, I'm going to focus on him because he doesn't know what I see. I see something. I see something. I see him in the book of Acts. I see him in the future. And Peter looks much better in the future than what he looks right now. I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I look right now. I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I look right now. I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I... I've done that before. You should remember that, and you don't even do it. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O oh Lord. I'm a sinful man. You see, now Peter confessed sin in an ocean. You don't confess sin in an ocean. You should confess sin at the altar. You should confess sin in a church. No, no, no. No, no, no. When Peter saw, what did he He saw fish. He saw so much fish, he realized this is abnormal. My boat cannot carry this. My structure, my dream, my vision, my idea, my wood, my humanity cannot do this. So when he saw that, immediately he confessed sin. You see, God's goodness will turn people to the Lord. God's goodness will convince people they need the Lord. Don't, don't judge people. Don't, don't slap them with a scripture. 
You know, I come out of a generation, they, they slap you with scriptures, man. You will come to the altar every Sunday night you give your heart to the Lord. Because they, they were so good, man. They will slap you in the judgment and Jesus is coming and you can smell hell. You confess Sunday nights, you confess. Jesus said, give me your life. I'll fill it up with my goodness and I will get you on your knees confessing sin without a sermon. I'll show you fish you've never seen before. So Jesus said, the Bible says, and they were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. They were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. They had taken. Oh, the Bible is very gracious. They have taken. They, they caught it. No, they did not caught it. It's because of Jesus in the boat that they caught it. But sometimes God will allow you to catch wealth, make you think you caught it. You don't know. It's not you. It's him through you. But they caught it, okay? Okay, so they caught it. And, uh, and um, so what happened here? And then Jesus, and so uh, with James, John, there's the disciples that were with Peter in, 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 in verse 10. James, John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. They were partners with Simon. They were partners with Simon. That tells me that Simon had the bigger boat, and that tells me that part, Simon was the brain trust. And I can talk about business and how God works in the business world and, and how Jesus uh, how Jesus know how to work with strong business leaders because he was after Simon because I've found it many times that business leaders is, is sometimes incredible instruments in the hand of the Lord uh, because they, they, they know how finances work. But I don't want to go into that. So, so the Bible says they were partners with Simon and... Uh, uh, and, and, and Jesus said, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. That's what Jesus said to them now. From now on, you will catch men. Catch. There's the word catch again. So now Jesus is saying something strange. He, he said in the beginning, he says, let's go and catch fish. Now Jesus is saying to them, let's go and catch men. But watch this. So when they bring in all the fish, when they brought in all the fish and all the fishes come, I mean, and church, do you know what it looks like when the ocean comes into your ship? You don't, you don't quote scriptures. Because when, when, when the ocean comes into your net and your net is breaking, I mean, they had more fish in the boat than what the boat was built for. All the containers, it was a modern day ship, all the containers were filled. The whole boat is full, full of fish. So they bring, in the sh they bring in the fish and Jesus is just standing there. He's not working the nets. He doesn't touch the nets. He's just standing there to the side and he's just watching this whole thing. And I think Jesus said to himself, hmm, I just caught Peter. Jesus said, let's go and catch fish. At the end, Jesus said to Peter, let's go and catch men. But before Jesus could say to Peter, let's go and catch men, when Jesus allowed him to see the ocean in his boat, Jesus said, I just caught him. I helped him to catch the fish. Now I've caught him. Now I will invite him to go with me and all the other disciples so that we can go and catch men. Because I am Jewish. Jesus, I'm Jewish and I know how to run a business. And I know how to get the money and I'm, 
I've just got to help them to get the money. Now that we've got the purse full, we can pay the taxes. I'm going to tell them, this was your last catch of fish. Now we're going to go for the big catch. Come on, church. John chapter 21, that was my introduction. John chapter 21, I know some of you are nervous now. In John chapter 21, it's the last book just before Acts. I'll, I'll make it very brief. Verse 4, so when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore and said to the disciples, did not, and they did not know that it was Jesus. Remember, Jesus appeared a few times to the disciples. I think this was the third time or the fourth time. Yeah, this was the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. Almost 40 days has passed, almost. The book of Acts is chapter 1 and 2 is the next book. John 21 is the final chapter. Jesus has died on the cross. He's resurrected from the dead. He prompted Peter. He helped him to catch fish. And here we have one more appointment between Jesus and Peter. And I want to say to you, this chapter excites me for what's coming. Because this is the chapter, the final chapter before the big launch. What is the big launch? The big launch is Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In chapter 1, Jesus will go back to the Father. Come on. Jesus will go back to the Father. He was now on the earth for 30 plus years, 33 and a half years more or less. He was on the earth, mission completed. He's resurrected 40 days later, 38 days later, more or less. He's now in John chapter 21. It's the final time he's appearing to his disciples, and Jesus is ready to uh, to, to 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 school his his leader. Come on, church. He's, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna talk to his disciples. Now let's just do a brief a brief uh, ministry here. Verse four. Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, "Children, do you have any food?" I love Jesus. He loves food. He loves food. But be careful. And they answered, no, we have no food. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Sometimes you just need to go to the other side of the boat, church. Don't give up. Get Jesus into your life. He will show you you just missed it. Try again. The fish is close to your boat, your ship, your business. It's there. Miracle is coming. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in. It's amazing. Every time Jesus gets involved, they cannot carry the weight. Uh, uh, Jesus is more than enough. His name is more than enough. El Shaddai. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Shaddai doesn't mean barely enough. Jesus is not the God of barely enough. Amen. I ordered fruit today. Man, I ate well. Pastor Jordan really blessed me today. New Zealand lamb. They brought so much. I, that restaurant must be a Jesus place because I've got some in my hotel room. I cannot wait to go to my room tonight. <laughs> Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, now watch this. They're still in the water, and the one disciple in the water who, who Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, what did he say to Peter? He says, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. He's standing on the shore. He's talking to us. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put out his outer garment, for he had removed it, and he plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat. There's the little boat again. Come on. 
There's a little boat again. Peter's boat and then the little boats. And they came in the little boat for they did not, they were not far from the land, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Oh, now they are dragging the net with fish. And um, as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. I love it. Jesus already had coals and fire and there was already a fish on the coals and bread. Now bread on the coals is called toast. I'm giving you a lot of revelation tonight. Hallelujah. So Jesus loves breakfast. He loves it. But there it is. He made breakfast. The breakfast is ready. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. And now watch what Jesus said. Watch what Jesus said. He said, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. There it is again. He talks to them as if they made the catch. Jesus will always make you feel so good as if it's you. You know it's him. Simon Peter, verse 11, Simon Peter. Who are we talking about? Simon Peter. There's Peter again. Can you see how prominent he is? I'm telling you, church. We all have a Peter journey at a certain time in our life where the Holy Spirit will prompt us and prompt us and prompt us. I'm one of those. I'm one of those. I'm one of those. Since he called me, I cannot get rid of him because he's busy with me all the time. And when I do what I do, then he do what he does. If I do what I do, he do what he does. If I do what I do, he do what he does. That sounds like another song. And Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. Although they, there were so many, the net was not broken. Again, the net could not carry, but the net did not break. 153 tilapias. It was tilapias. It's not humor. It was tilapias, not salmon. Jesus said to them, breakfast now they have a whole ocean and Jesus said let's have breakfast I love that be careful be careful when he invites you for breakfast it's not going to be a normal breakfast remember it's the last chapter before the book of Acts remember all the bad characteristics about Peter Remember what Jesus already saw in the book of Acts. And now it's the final moments. Then Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. Verse 12 says, yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you, knowing it was the Lord. Verse 14 this is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised to the dead. The wounds in his hand are still raw. Mission completed. Final chapter before the book of Acts. And Jesus cannot get his eyes off Peter. Jesus cannot get his eyes off Peter. Because Jesus said, on you the rock I will build my church. When God looks at you tonight, he sees you as the raw material that he wants to use in this age. We are in front of another launch. We are close, getting closer to another launch. 
we are getting closer to another outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And God is preparing certain churches for the next launch, for the next outpouring. Do you believe that? Can you sense that in your spirit that we are getting ready for another launch? I know it. I know it. He said, this is the third time that Jesus appeared to them. And when they had eaten breakfast, verse 15, woo-hoo, now it's getting really intense. And when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, oh, that's Peter again. Peter, Simon Peter. And remember, they're sitting around the fire. Their bellies is full. They've got plenty of fish left over. Money's not a problem. They're sitting there. And Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Am I number one in your life, Peter? Peter, I think Peter thought, my goodness, why is he asking me? Why is he mentioning my name so many times? Why doesn't he talk to the other disciples? I mean, we're a team. Don't, don't highlight me. Have you ever been in a meeting and the Holy Spirit highlights you all the time and you feel like the preacher is just preaching to you and you're the only one in the crowd and you cannot get rid of this voice that's prompting you all the time? Oh, oh yeah, I know it's happening tonight. Yeah. Jesus said, Simon, do you love me more than this? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. For Jesus, it's all about the lambs. It's all about the sheep. It's all about people. Feed them. Don't rip them apart. Feed them. Don't starve them. Feed them. Oh, I can preach on that. The preachers in the pulpits, are you feeding the lambs or are you starving them? He said to him, verse 16, the second time, oh, second time, Simon, I think when Simon heard his name the second time, Peter probably said, I don't want to be in this breakfast anymore. <laughs> this man came out of the tomb. This man He's bigger than death. This man was resurrected. Why is he focusing on me? I'm a denier. I'm an irritable person. I'm not good with children. I sleep when I'm supposed to pray. Why is he focusing on me? I already confessed my sins previously. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to my sheep. I think Peter, I think Peter with his irritable personality, he probably said in his heart, he's like me, I say a lot of things here that you don't hear. I say it here that you don't hear. H-E-R-E-H-E-A-R. I'm good with English. What I would have said is, I would have said, why do you ask me the second question, the same question? Do you think I'm dumb? 
asking me the same question twice. Why do I love? Do I love you? Do I love you? What is this all about? Love, love, love. You see the church, this, here is the reason. Jesus proved to Peter, I love the world. I've given my blood. I've given my body. They cursed me. They, I was sacrificed. I cannot show the world more love than what I've showed them. But I want to get some reflection on what will I get back from you, Peter? Peter, you remember when you dropped me, you, let, you, let, you, you, you did not stand with me in Gethsemane. And Peter, here I am three days later. I'm resurrected. It's now 38 days more or less later. Peter, 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 I'm going to my father. But Peter, I see you in the book of Acts. I need to test you. Okay, he said to him the third time, oh my goodness, same question three times. Jesus, are you nuts? No. You know, before you go into the ministry, I remember before we go into the ministry, they would call us in and they would say to us, how do you know that God has called you? How do you know that you have a calling? What scripture references do you have when God spoke to you? Oh, you feel that day when the big old men from the church world ask you these tough questions about your ministry. You remember those days, Brother Mark? Oh, man, you thought they are the Jesuses of the day, the way they treat you. It's the same scenario. Peter is about to be launched into ministry, and Jesus want to make sure do you love me? And Jesus said to him the third time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things and you know, you know all things. Jesus, uh, Je <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, you, you, you know everything. You know everything. If I was there, I would have, if, if I could ask the questions, oh, I would have said, oh, Peter, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I want to ask you a few questions here. You're a denier. How do you think, and we approve you for ministry? You're a denier. Peter, you don't know how to work with children. You cannot, you, you are not ministry quality. Aren't you glad that when God prompts you, he doesn't remind you of your sin. You see, God knows my sin, but he always calls me by my name. The devil knows my name, but he always calls me by my sin. Here is the good news. Peter never denied Jesus again. Peter always prayed. Peter always believed. Peter cared for foreigners. Peter cared for children. Peter was crucified upside down. When they wanted to crucify him, he said, no, no, no. I cannot be crucified in the same way that they've crucified my Savior. I'm not worthy to be crucified that way. And they turned him upside down and they killed him. Catch Peter. When I look at you tonight, the Lord said, I see you in the future. 
I see something great for you. And the reason I came to this building tonight is I want to catch you. Because I'm almost done and I'm going to go back to my father. Peter, Peter, you know, you want to know why I prompt you all the time? Peter, if you can only see you, yourself in Acts chapter 2, if you can only see how dynamic you will be in Acts chapter 2 and how you will preach the gospel. Peter, if you can only see what you will do in Acts chapter 3, when you clean up the gate. And Peter, there's so many other stories about you in the book of Acts. And Peter, one day you will write two chapters in the New Testament. Peter, you are my chief apostle. Peter, I see potential in you. It's normally the people that we will never qualify that God will prompt and say, you're the man. You're the woman. I'm not done with you. Tonight, God is saying, give me your name. Give me your name. Give me your boat. Give me your dream. Give me your vision. I'll go with you. I will bless your business. But when I started to bless your business, I'm going to catch you. I'm 69. I always tell people, Naomi always said, don't tell the people your age all the time. Because then they will figure out how old I am. That's a woman thing. A woman never gets older than 39. Never. Learn this from me, Pastor Jordan. Never. When a woman doesn't want to talk about her age, she's already over 39. I figured that one out. It took me many years. But what am I saying to you? God says, I'm here to catch you. God says, I see you in a big launch. I'm 69. Can I tell you why I'm still in the pulpit? I cannot stop the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I want to say to you, Mark, Pastor Mark, God's not done with you. You're not really retired. You can run up and down any day and start a preach. And I want to say, it's never over with God. God is not done with you. How many of you can honestly say tonight, I still experience the prompting of the Holy Spirit in me? Come on, Jordan. The Holy Spirit's prompting is getting stronger in you. The prompting of the Holy Spirit was in you when you were younger. Now that you're the lead pastor, the prompting is getting stronger and stronger. Why? God is not done with you. And he's not going to leave you alone. And he's even prompting your precious wife, Danella. Danelle, 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 Danelle. That's close enough. <laughs> you even spoke to us on the table today when he told you, what he expects you to do. And all of a sudden, somebody else come and prophesy to you the same thing. What is that? Is it him talking to you? Is it the other person prophet? No, 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 no. It's the Holy Spirit calling out Danell. Oh, come on, Danell. Come on. I see you somewhere in the future. You're not going to be the... You, God, are you not just here on the earth to raise a lot of children? I know you have a lot. But goodness, can you please end? Don't have more. Enough is enough. <laughs> but God has a bigger plan for you. 
You thought it's just a husband talking to you. No, it was not the husband. It was God prompting you. Some of you say, well, I'm still working. And some of you are in a business and you say, well, I could have retired. Well, come on, why am I? I have a man that he's 72 or 73. He's in business. He said to me every week, I want you to pray for me every week. I want you to pray for me every week. I said, I will pray for you. I said, God's going to bless you. And now God is blessing him. And the more God blesses him, the more he wants me to pray for him. And then I pray for him and then God blesses him. And, then, and he's now getting older and older and older. Come on, church. As long as God uses your boat, don't retire. Refire. God is prompting the church. He's prompting church. He's prompting the pulpit. He's prompting individuals. He's preparing us for the big launch. Come on, Peter. Peter, Peter, the reason the Peter, oh, Peter, 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 you were not doing a great job in Gethsemane. Peter, you dropped me. You let me down many, many times, Peter. But Peter, one day, one day, Peter, you're going to have a bad day, and I'm going to come into your boat, and I'm going to show you a fish you've never seen. That day, I will catch you. I will allow you to catch the money, but I will catch you. Because Peter, when I look at you, I see a mission strip coming up. We're going to catch the world. We're going to catch men. How many of you agree that you may have a daily profession, but there's something else in your life that God has called you to do? You are here for the bigger picture. I don't care what job you're in. I don't care where you work. You are a Christian. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. God has a bigger purpose for you than just what you do. You, sir, you're doing the praise and worship. You use the word prophetic a lot, and, and you love the prophetic. Let me say to you, that's part of the reason why God caught you. Come on. When God catches the whole praise and worship team, why, why does God get a grip on a whole thing? Your team, is, your team is one or two levels up since the last time I was here. I said to Naomi, I said, look at this. It's, it's, there's a different sound here. The sound is improving all the time. Why? Because God can get a grip on the praise team. And God can take the praise stream, and when he get a grip on them, he'll take them for a, for a launch into something else. Never stop launching. I think when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, when he preached, and 3,000 came to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit is working, and people are baptized with fire, people realized, or Peter realized, oh, now I understand why he focused on me all the time. And when he came to the gate, silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And here comes the man, and he walks, and they go into the temple. And the people were in awe, and Peter is the guy. And I think those that knew Peter in Luke and John, Mark, Luke, and John, they must have looked at Peter and said, it's not the same man. It's a different man. Oh, I remember the breakfast we had in John 21. Oh, I remember the tilapia. I remember that breakfast. And I remember how Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, I've got two days left on the earth. Peter, you don't know where I'm going. I'm going back to my father. Peter, Peter, I've given my life. Peter, you are my chief apostle. Peter, do you love me? I want to hear it out of your mouth, Peter. Peter, do you love me, Peter? Three times, do you love me, Peter? Peter, the future is huge, Peter. Peter, 
When I'm gone, I will send the third person in the Trinity, and you will be my man, Peter. You will be the chief apostle, Peter. You will understand why I never allowed you to do your own thing. I'm prompting you. I'm prompting you. If you say tonight, I sense the prompting of the Holy Spirit in my life. What I do and what you need to do is two different things. But we need you, ma'am. The world needs me, but the world needs you. We need you, sir. Danielle, we need you. The season for babies is over. We're now stepping into the next season. Sorry to tell you. Stay away from her. Give me some music. If you say, I will not turn my back on the prompting of the Holy Spirit. If you say, my weaknesses will not haunt me into my future. I will not be a denier again. If you say, use me, Lord. If you say, I cannot see my own future the way he sees it. But looking at Peter's character, looking at Peter in the book of Acts, and first and second Peter, now I understand why Jesus got into his boat and said, today I'm going to catch you because I have a future for you. I'm not here to remind you of your sin. All I want to know is, do you love me? If you say tonight, Lord, I will answer the prompting. I will feed the lambs. I will bless your people. I will be someone that would be a blessing to my fellow Christian. Come on, Rock of Grace. Your calling is bigger than just being a local church. Your calling is, is bigger than just preaching sermons on Sundays. I heard about the adoptions that's taking place. That's the character of Jesus. That's the character of Jesus. But I want to say tonight as individuals, if you say tonight the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I cannot ignore it. I want you to come to the altar and say, I say yes. I give him a yes. This man talking to you, I gave him a yes. I gave him a yes. In the late, late 90s, Naomi and I were in South Africa and we were prosperous. We had everything our heart desired. Don't take the music away. And we had to make tough decisions. We never came to America for money. We had a beautiful home. I had a jet ski. I had everything my heart desired. And this is the words of Naomi. She said, let's sell it all. 
Let's go to America. Let's do what the Lord has told us to do. Why? That's what the prompting do to you. You go. Come on, church. Come a little bit closer. If you say yes to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I want you to come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See what the Holy Ghost prompts you for, I don't know, unless the Lord tells me. What the Holy Spirit is doing with you, ma'am, is beautiful. And by the way, He is busy with you. He's not done with you. There was a time that the enemy has tried to even come and take away from you. It's a time that the enemy came like he came to Peter and wanted to pull you away. But God says the prompting of the Holy Spirit in you was too strong. You could not shake it off. And that's why you are standing here tonight. Because God is not done with you. Were you here this morning? Come on. How many of you can honestly say, I'm not standing in the altar because I just want to be here because everybody's doing it. How many of you can honestly say, I'm standing here because I sense the Spirit of the Lord prompting me. Say your own name. Say, catch Andre. Catch Peter. Catch Susan. Come on. Everybody say, Lord Jesus. Catch me again. Get a grip on me and transform me into someone that can be used mightily in my future. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Lift your hands and just worship the Lord. 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 Everybody say, Lord, thank you. When I'm hasty and rash, you don't give up on me. When, when I'm irritable and full of anger, you see potential in me. Sometimes I have the ability to even deny you. You still believe in me. Say, Jesus, many times I have little faith, but you believe in me. Say, Lord, I must be honest. There were several people in my life that I did not treat well, but still you believe in me. Say, Lord, I don't pray often. Say, Lord, I can do better with children. Come on. Say, Lord, and even when I have a tax problem, you show up. Come on. Even when you have a money problem, he shows up. Even when you have a bad day, he shows up. Even when he saw you had no catch for the day, he shows up. Church, I'm 41 years in ministry. There's many days in my life, in my ministry lifespan, that I thought, my God, 
I cannot do this another day longer. And then he comes into the room and he fills up the room with the Holy Spirit and then he inspires me. And oh, come on church. Several weeks ago I was in Pennsylvania. I was very tired and it was Sunday night. It was done. I went to the room. Oh no, it was Monday night, 12 o'clock, could not sleep. He comes into the room. I start to weep and I thought, God, I cannot go on this journey. And he gave me a scripture and I, some ideas and I wrote it on Facebook and it, I got an overwhelming response because it was the Holy Spirit that through my tiredness speaks to everybody out there. When you're at your weakest, God will use you strong. That's why the Bible says when you are weak, you're strong. Come on, come on, come on. Turn to somebody and say, hi, Peter. Come on. Say to that person next to you, say, you are Peter. You have a great future. Come on. How many of you believe the launch is coming? Come on, church. Can I get the praise team up here? Okay, real quick. The praise team. Can I get the keyboards up there real quick? How many of you believe that we're living for a greater day that is upon us? We're living for a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is upon us. Absolutely. You believe that, ma'am. I can see that you believe that. Amen. How many of you believe that there is a great invasion of the Holy Spirit coming? We, we're going to see miracles like we've never seen before. The launch is here. Come on, church. We're almost done with breakfast now. Enjoy the tilapia. Eat a piece of toast. Enjoy John chapter 21 because John chapter 21 is almost done now. It's time for a new launch, a new outpouring. I don't say that the book of Acts is going to be rewritten. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we are at the same kind of an hour where God is inviting the leaders into breakfast and say, can I talk to you? Andre van Sel, how much do you really love me? Jordan, how much do you really love him? Are you just in ministry because you're just going through the motions? Andre Fonsella, are you just preaching just to fill up your calendar? Andre, are you after offerings and that's all you're after? Or is it about the lambs and the sheep? I'm talking to myself. Why am I standing in the pulpit? Because I can get a good offering and buy some good food. Doesn't come to me anyhow. Goes to the ministry. Or am I in the pulpit? Because I still believe Acts chapter 2 is coming. Fire is coming from heaven. And then Jesus will be gone. But I and you... And we will be the people that he will use. Come on, America. One more time, another outpouring. The day is coming that God is going to clean up the gates of the temples again. He's going to clean up the gates of the churches again. There's many things sitting at the gates of our churches. Oh, come on, church. Church, say this after me, but say it like you believe it. Say, I believe I'm alive because there's a launch coming. Pastor Mark, I want you to see the launch. 
I want to be you, you be part of the launch. We're in the same bracket of age. We're not going to miss the launch. Come on. This morning, our generation will be healed and by the Lord and be kept in life so that we can see the kingdom rule established on the earth. Our children will see it, but our generation, come on. I'm alive because I, I live for the launch. I live for the outpouring. I live for the greatest awakening. I live. I remember the prophecies in 1981 and 82. I will send you to America in the end time revival, end time revival. I, I'm 69. My name is Peter. I do have the ability to deny. I do have the ability to fall asleep. I do have the ability to be irritable. I do have the ability not to be a pleasant guy. But when Jesus takes over in my life, I will become a different man in the book of Acts. Come on, I will become a different kind of preacher. I will clean up the gates. Don't look at me how bad I've been yesterday. Watch me tomorrow. Say this after me. Don't remember my past, but watch my future. Peter, Peter, oh, Peter, Peter, you're a different man now. Peter, 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 you had a bad track record, but Peter. God chose you to be the chief apostle. That's what supernatural, divine, Holy Ghost power can do. It can turn people that are messy and dirty and filthy and not trustworthy into revelations, rocks, that he can build his church on. Say after me, change me, Lord. Say, catch me, Lord. Come on, let us be like children. Say, Lord, thank you for the tilapia. But help me. Come on, say it. Say, thank you for tilapia. Come on, be like a child. Say, Lord, thank you for tilapia. Thank you for the big catch. But say this now loud and clear. Say, Lord Jesus, help me to answer the love questions correctly. I love you, Lord. Lord, I cannot love you the way you love me. I cannot die for you the way you died for me. My blood was not holy so that I can die for other people's sins. Lord, I can never take your place. But I promise you, Jesus, I love you. Father, I want to pray like Peter and I want to say, you know everything. 
make you know that I love you. And I think Jesus looked at Peter. Jesus did not tell this, but I think Jesus looked at him in the eyes. Jesus did not make his thoughts verbal, but I think Jesus looked at Peter and said in his heart, I know you do. I know that you will one day die for me, and they will crucify you upside down. I will not tell you that, Peter. I am God. I know your future. crucify you upside down and you blow out your last breath you will come up to heaven and I will remind you of the days we had breakfast together and I will remind you of the times that I've prompted you and 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 prompted you when you were in your studios and you were singing your songs I've prompted you you're in your studios and you cannot get out of the studio you want to write another song I've prompted you 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 and you gave me a yes therefore I will not tell you everything about your future all I want to say you are my Peter you are the rock on which I will I wish I can spend a few minutes with every one of you and say to you, don't give up now. The launch is coming. Something bigger for you, ma'am. Something bigger for you, ma'am. For you, sir. Come on, worship the Lord. God says, forget about the past. It's time for the future. Turn your back on the past. God says, I've got something bright for you in the future. I'm not done with you. God says, shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Come and do breakfast with me. Because I see you in a launch. And I will use you, girlie. I will use you. Never give up on what God gives you. Never give up on the promptings of the Holy Spirit, madam. Never give up on the words that God gives you. Don't say, oh, well, maybe this just comes out of myself. And many times I give you a word and many times I give you a prophecy and then you just think, oh, maybe I should not say it again because I'm just making a nuisance of myself. Isn't that what you've said? Yes, that's exactly what you've said. The Lord says, why will you say that? It's me prompting you. I'm prompting you. God says, I will prompt you even more. I'm not done with you. Don't refuse my promptings. That's your word. Father, I thank you for your hand upon this lady. The Lord says, you almost threw in the towel. You almost gave up. Oh, you still feel like giving up. God says, but the prompting of the Holy Spirit will not leave you alone. That's why I've got you. I caught you. You're mine. You will never get out of my grip. Bless the Lord, I pray. Come on, God says, I'm going to wipe away all the tears and all the brokenness and all the sadness. 
and all the destruction and the issues and the difficulties and all the hell that broke loose, God says, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Hallelujah. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Come on, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Father, I thank you for your hand upon her. I thank you, Lord, that you want to use her. Come on, ma'am. Tonight, God says, I'm going to cut loose. There's a lot of strings. There's a lot of strings. Things that want to bind you, things that want to hold you back, and things that want to take you away from the Lord. God says, I'm going to cut you loose from all these strings. Daughter, many times it's, it's almost like you've become depressed and become downhearted. And God says, lift up thine voice and lift up thine eyes, for I want to refresh you. And I want to say to you, if you don't see a future for yourself, I do. If you don't see your tomorrow clearly, I do. Come on, girl. The Lord says, I'm prompting you because I see you somewhere in the future and it's not the way you are right now. I'm going to change. Father, break the stronghold. The enemy try to put on her. Set her completely free. Touch this one, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. God says you can do it. Father, I pray that no influences from outside will take her. I thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon them and they are in the house of the Lord on a, on a Sunday night. That is the most beautiful thing you can ever hope for. And Father, I pray, catch them. Catch them. Catch this lady, Lord, I pray. Come on, catch her, Lord. Catch her. Catch her. Catch her. Catch her. Come on. It's time to get a grip on her, Lord. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Father, I thank you that I can lay my hands upon her and just speak this word over her. Just want to pray, God. The prompting of the Holy Spirit, it will go to you tonight. It will go with you tonight. It will go with you to bed. It will go. You will, you will feel it in your dreams. And when you wake up at night, you will say, oh, the prompting of the Holy Spirit is all over me. I cannot get rid of him. God must see myself somewhere in the future. God must have something great in store for me. Come on, how many of you believe that you can be a Peter? You can be a Peter. Did you notice how many times you heard the name Peter tonight? Who are you, ma'am? What's your name? Trisha. Do you have a husband here? Trisha. Come here, sir. Belong to this church? Just come stand next to her. Father, I thank you for two great people. The Lord says, I have blessed you, and the Lord says, I will even bless you more. You have a spirit of excellence on you. You are pretty smart about your decisions, and you're pretty smart about how you want to do life, and, and you're pretty smart about how you plan your future. There's a spirit of excellence upon you. And God says, I've got you in my grip. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to expand your borders. I'm going to give you favor. And God says, when you see the favor of the Lord coming upon both of you and everything you do, remember, it's for my kingdom. Father, I thank you for this couple. I thank you for your hand upon them. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, 
Sometimes you're a slow mover because you're a person that works things out line by line. You're a good planner. You're not a big talker. You, you move in silence, but you move with precision. God says, son, my hand is upon you. You don't move fast, but when you move, it is a move that cannot be reversed. Father, I thank you for this couple. I thank you for your hand upon him, and thank you that you're going to use them for your glory. I thank you, Jesus, that you're going to bless them tremendously, and favor will come upon you in a huge way. You are somebody that do something with your right hand, and your left hand doesn't know. You're somebody that will come and put an envelope into a mailbox, and nobody will ever know what is in the envelope. You do things without a big trumpet what you've done. That's the way you are. But God says you have a very sensitive heart for the Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you that you will circle this couple and bless them in a supernatural way. Great days are ahead of you. God says I'm going to bless everything you plan, everything, every idea, every thought, I'm going to bless it. Because there's certain things that you're working on that nobody knows about. Certain dreams that you have that nobody knows about certain ideas that you guys have, God says, I know about it. I've got you in my grip, and I will bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless them. Lord, I thank you for your hand upon her. Don't give up on yourself. It's a lonely journey. It's a tough journey. But don't give up on yourself. Give me your boat, I'll get into it, and I'll change it for you. Give me your family. Give me everything. I'll change it. I'm God. I know how to bring divinity into humanity. I can give you a divine moment in your human moment. Oh, Father, I thank you for your hand upon her in Jesus' name. Do you have any family here? Do you live close by? Do you belong to this church? God is not done with you. You've come through a war and you've come through difficult times and you've come through a lot of issues. Some, sometimes you barely stand, but you're still standing. I pray God, strengthen us. There's people that's holding you back, and it's family. I pray for that family to stop holding you back. Yeah, I pray for that family to stop holding you back. Because they're wearing you out. They're making you tired. That's enough. I cannot speak more because there's so many people waiting. Bless the Lord, I pray. Jesus' name, amen. 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 Bless this lady, Lord, I pray. Get a grip on this lady, Lord. Hallelujah. Get a grip on this man, Lord Jesus. Get a grip on this lady, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. Ma'am, who are you? Do you have a husband? You're a widow? Hmm? So how long ago did he pass away? Oh, four years ago. Oh, next month. Okay. Father, I thank you for your hand upon her. The Lord was your strength, and the Lord was your courage, and the Lord carried you through. You had scary moments, but God carried you through. And God says, I have supplied for you supernaturally. I will even complete that. I'm not done with you. A spirit of fear has gripped your heart at times. A spirit of fear has gripped your house. That you walk from door to door, watching the doors. Don't let the spirit of Vietnam come and sit on you. Don't let the spirit of Vietnam terrorize you. I break that spirit out of your house in the name of Jesus. Vietnam will not influence you any longer. It took your husband. It will not take you. There's a spirit of Vietnam in your house. I break that spirit in Jesus' name. And I say she will no longer be tormented by what happened with her husband. In Jesus' name. Fear go. God said, I must tell you what he said to that woman this morning. Go in peace. I've never prayed this over anybody in my whole life. God breaks the spirit of Vietnam of you tonight. In Jesus' name. You are free. You are free. cannot figure it out. God can figure it out. Throw away your plans and your ideas. Let him just be God. God says, trust me for tomorrow, and then I will teach you how to trust for next week, and then I will teach you how to trust for next month. Take one step at a time. Walk away from the crash. Walk away from the accident. Walk away from what went wrong. Walk away from it. God says, I can restore and I can give you a launch into a new season, a new day. Walk away. Walk away. God says, if you don't walk away from it, I cannot walk with you. God says, I'm not going to camp with you amongst all the debris. Walk away from the debris and let's walk into the future and start all over again. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I get some water? That, that you thought it's over. There were times that you thought maybe I should now lay down the mantle or whatever, what you do. 
God says, and every time when you want to lay down, God says, no. I'm not done. Who's this? It must be because you're standing in the middle of them. And it looks like he's pretty excited about you. But he actually wants something to happen with you. But God said, I must first tell him, I'm going to bless him and bless him and bless him. Because your boat doesn't belong to you anymore. It's like God got into your boat. You just manage the boat. But God says, I'm in control of the boat. God is going to bless you more now than ever before in your life. There's things coming to you that you did not even think of. You don't even ask for it. That's coming. God says, I can trust you and you. And Father, I thank you for what's your name? Abby, how old are you? 17. Do you have a boyfriend? It's not allowed at this age. What is his name? Kyle. Does this sound good? You like him? I th- I'm so glad you like him. Because there's a difference between like and love, amen. You just like him now. At 17, you just like. Nothing more. That's good. I'm not against Kyle. I'm just joking with you. Your dad loves to do it as well. Father, I thank you for your hand upon her. You are something else. You are a treat. You are a blessing. And God says, I'm not done with you. You have a heart for people. You have a heart for broken people. You are drawn towards people. And Father, I thank you tonight that you will catch her. You will get a grip on her tonight at the age of 17. And she will never forget this night ever. The night when she said, I cannot shake off the prompting of the Holy Spirit in me. And I'm going to give him my life. Well, you already belong to the Lord. You already gave your heart to the Lord. That's not what I'm talking about. But this is another level up tonight. Because you're saying, I'm 17. And I cannot get rid of the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have no clue where this is going to take me. All I know, it's going to take me somewhere. And I'm telling you, there was a time that I was your age, 17, 18. God called me. And here, look where I stand. Yeah, and I said, send me wherever you want to send me. Have you ever prayed something like that? Don't pray it. That's wisdom. But if he inspires you to start to pray that, he's going to do it. God is not done with you. You are, you have a great future. And, and you are very blessed and very talented and very gifted. And you are just fresh air. Wherever you go, you're fresh air. You are a joy. Father, I thank you for the prompting of the Holy Spirit in her life. And I thank you that you're going to use her for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Ma'am, who are you? Tina. Okay, Tina, here it comes. Do you have a husband? Where is he? Home? Is he fed up? Yeah, he's fed up. That's why I'm asking you. He's fed up. He had enough. He doesn't want to come to church. 
He's sick and tired of it. Promises, promises, promises. Oh, this God thing. Where is God? Show me where is God. Well, I'm going to go to church. That's what you say. I'm going to go to church. You see, you can go. I've been there, done that. doesn't work. Where's God tomorrow? It's Monday. He's standing alone. He's a good man, but he just had enough. He's fed up. That's what God said, fed up. Father, I pray tonight that you will break that fed up spirit. Oh, God, I pray. All of us get to a point where we sometimes say, Lord, I'm just fed up. I had enough. <clears throat> enough is enough. Father, I pray tonight that you will touch your husband and that you will bring back the prompting of the Holy Spirit into his life and let him say it one more time. One more time. I will give God one more time. That will be his last time he will say that. God will grab a hold of him and God will catch him. Lord, I pray that you will strengthen her so that when she goes, don't say too much to him, okay? He's one of those. Don't go home and preach to him. Wrong thing to do. Just say nothing. We pray now. And what we pray now will start a work. God is. Come on. Lord, I pray. Let the Holy Spirit go into her home and start to work his case. Work his And don't you take the CD of this thing and go and send it to him. Not one of you. Father, I pray tonight that this will be the beginning to break that spirit of being fed up. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God praise. Come on. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will come to his home and that you will make a way for him. Come on. How many children do you have? Four. That's one. This is another one. It's another one. My goodness. You sure that's all? You're a good man, brother. You're a very good man, and the Lord has blessed your hands, and the Lord will even bless you more, and you're a, you're a supplier. You take care of your family. You're a family man. And, Lord, I thank you for a man with a gentle heart and a gentle spirit and an open heart and an open spirit. And, Father, I thank you for somebody that, that doesn't say much, but, man, he loves the Lord, and he's serious about the things of the Lord. And, Father, I pray tonight that the Holy Spirit will rest upon his entire family, even you, young girl. Hallelujah. Even you. Father, I thank you for your How old are you? 13. Lord, I pray that your hand will be upon her. Bless mother, Lord. Bless the mother, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless all these children. But Lord, I thank you. Come on. Father, I pray. There was tears. I see tears, sir. I see. It's almost like a, a brokenness. It's almost like you've come to a place. You say, how can, I, how can I cross over? I need to cross over. I need decisions. I have decisions to make. I need to, I need to get clarity when it comes to certain things. And, 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 and I, I, because, because I want to do more and I want to expand. And I think of my family. And you, your family is all the time on your heart. God says, you are all the time on my heart. If your family's on your heart, your whole family's on God's heart. And Father, I thank you that you're going to make a way for him. You're going to bless him. This is a good man, good heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You want me to pray for them, Pastor Mark? He needs it. And she, doesn't she need anything? What do you do at your home? You, you have fun. You, you, you're a fun person, especially around the table. Ah, around the table. You can really crack up, hallelujah, around the table. 
crack up around the table. You've got lots of stories. When you get going, they can't stop you. Amen. Father, bless this lady in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray, touch her husband. Touch her husband. Touch his body tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You will not prompt him in the spirit and let him die in the body. You will not prompt him in the spirit and let the body collapse. You will not prompt him in the spirit and say, well, I've got a plan for you in the body. Just pack up. Your body will not pack up. I decree in the name of Jesus, healing will come to you. Restoration will come to you. It's a done deal, sir. It's a done deal. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. He will not prompt you and let your body collapse. That's your word. The Holy Spirit will not prompt you and then you die. Spirit prompts you. You still have an Acts 2 and an Acts 3 and a 1 Peter and a 2 Peter waiting on you. I don't say that you will be crucified upside down. That's not what I'm saying, okay? So don't be nervous. You're a good man. Very good man. And wife. Just teasing. Probably true, yeah. You've got good humor. You've got very good humor. Amen. Man, what's your story again? Oh, I saw you this morning. Where's your friends? Are they here tonight? Is this your daughter? Okay. Go and stand next to your mother. There must be a dad somewhere. Is he gone? He's gone. He had other plans, other ideas. Father, I thank you tonight. You've well-dressed, white, but you're not really dressed in white. You are mourning. somebody gets a bee in his bonnet guess what it's going to happen Father I thank you tonight that you will restore what the devil has stolen and you will give back what the enemy has planned the disaster that he had in mind will not happen breakdown that he had in mind will not happen. God says, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to provide. And God says, you will not drop a beat. You will not downscale. I'm with you. I've got you covered. The Lord says, you love me. You really love me. You love the Lord. You've made the Lord your first choice. It was not always that way. But you've seen some horrible things. And you've said, Lord, from now on, you are my number one choice. And that will never change again. And God says, I will honor you for that. 
you come through a season of much prompting of the Holy Spirit. You've even made changes. You've made changes. You've made some changes that you had to give a lot of thought. And then you made the changes. But it's because you are serious about the things of the Lord. You've got a spirit of discerning. You can see when people go in the wrong direction. And you can even see when a group grows in the wrong direction. And then you don't say much. You just move away. You just step aside. That's what you've done. Don't talk about it. You've just done, you've just made changes, but you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to hurt others. I will honor you for that, says the Lord. I will honor you for that, says the Lord. Father, I thank you for your hand upon this girl. How old are you? 27. Are you married? You're not married. What's your name? You have some questions. You have some thoughts, and some of them is not good. It's not really bad thoughts that you have. It's thoughts that the enemy tried to bring to you, and he wants you to believe it. Do not underestimate the Lord. There was a time that you almost opened up and got, went into a certain direction. You better thank God that never happened. There was somebody in your life. If you had stayed with that person, it would have been a disaster. I've rescued you. She warned you. You almost did not listen. But then you did listen because something happened and you saw, oh, no, 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 no. This is not good. But your heart was broken and your heart is still broken. That's why you're 27 and you're not married yet. But God says, rather being single and secure in Christ. I don't say you should be married when you're 27. You can be 37. My daughter was 32 and a half when she got married. I never thought I would get rid of her. I was nervous. I don't want to get old with two women in my house. I just make it sound funny. But God says, I've rescued you. It would not have been good. Because other things started to happen, and you saw that, and you say, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. You, then you hear something else happen with that person. You say, thank God, thank God, thank God. I've rescued you. But I'm not done with you. Your launch is still coming. It'll be a good day. Um, that has opened your eyes for many, many things. There's even some lies that the devil has brought to you, especially when you're alone in your room. And we will say, well, you are this and you are that, and then you will almost agree, don't believe it.
Jesus, I thank you. It's all going to be good for her. Her best days are ahead of her. And mother will say, I told you. I told you. Now the Lord has confirmed it through a man that don't even know who you are. In fact, I already forgot your name. That's how bad I am with names. But all I know is I remember what I said to you, but I don't remember your name. Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God praise. That's a beautiful thing. You will have everything your heart desire. You love nice things. You have expensive taste. You, God will give it to you. No problem. It's going to bless you. And when I start to do these things, then everybody says, oh, I need a word. I need a word. I need a word. You're okay, man. You're fine. You're good. Do you have family? You look like you are family. Are you, are you connected to Pam? Oh, you are her daughter. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I thought she looks like Pamela. No, I thought the daughter was gone in Florida somewhere. Oh, this is the other one. How many do you have? Oh, my goodness. Jesus, this is Pam. I don't know who that is. That's not you. That's Mark. Yeah, that's Mark. Oh yeah, that's Mark. Yeah. Are you so? Prof are you, are, do you have that still that same prophetic edge that Mark has? I'm not asking you, Pastor. I'm asking her questions and you answer it. Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, that's her dad. Oh yeah, yeah. She's like me. She's just like me. Of course she is. Come here. Where's your husband? This guy. Come here. Hallelujah. What are you doing for a living? You are what? A dental hygienist. What what accent is Yeah, I know you clean teeth, I know. They torment me all the time. You must come, you must come, your teeth. I said, how do they know I need my I need to come? And what do you do for a living? I need you in my life, hallelujah. <laughs> I need you in my life because that stuff doesn't make sense to me. Okay, take hands. Father, I thank you for this couple. I thank you for your hand upon them. I thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you believe in things that other people will say, oh, I'm not so sure. You live on the edge. But God says, I will show you things and I will show you potential and I will, I will give you breakthroughs. I'm not done with you. Father, I bless them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this beautiful daughter. And I pray, God, that the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, it's, it's hard to be a Mark Beale's son and daughter and not have the prompting of the Holy Spirit all over you because the kiss of God is upon this whole family. 
And Father, I thank you tonight that you're going to use this couple. I thank you, Lord, that I came across them. I, I knew there was a connection, but I'm sorry for missing out that I did not even know, you, know that you're the daughter. I'm horrible at these things, but maybe it's a good thing that I don't remember faces because I face the, say things to people and then I'd rather need to forget it. Amen. But Father, I thank you that you're going to use him. God says there was a, yeah, mm, um, it's like you're on a bulldozer and you're bulldozing the ground. It's kind of hard ground, hard ground lately, hard ground. God says, I'm going to give you breakthrough. I'm going to give you breakthrough. I'm going to help you to, you're going to stir up some rock foundations and you're going to stir up some rock foundations. God says it's hard, it's tough, but God says there's coming a breakthrough for you. And Lord, I thank you that soon he will, he will tell about what happened and how God did it for him. God says there was a few situations where you almost had it, but you missed it. God says, yeah, you need a catch. You need a huge catch. You need to get a grip. And God says, I will help you to get a grip on something that could slip away. Yeah, you had a few slip aways, but God says, I need to help you to keep something in the boat, something in the boat. Your boat had a leak. Your boat had a leak. But God says, not as long as I'm here. God says, let me get into the boat. Let, let us read through this whole thing. Get your nets ready. Get your structures ready. Get your planning ready. Get your ships ready. Get your vision ready. And I will take you deep. And I will help you to make the catch of a lifetime. In Jesus' name, amen. When you make that catch, just sow into GNN, okay? Just teasing just teasing you. Hard ground lately, but God's going to help you. There's a few slipaways. Almost. God says, I'm going to help you. Okay, so you the other daughter, can you come here, ma'am? Are you, is the people going home already? What's the time? What time do we start? 6.30. It's two hours and 40 minutes. What's your name? Jesse. Do you have a husband? Okay, sorry, man. I, Sorry. Come and stand here with her. Jesse. Brother, you better play the guitar because I've taken the whole team now away from you. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand that word, sir? You understand? I see major rock foundations, rocks. And it's like just when you bulldoze, it's almost like it breaks the bulldozer. And then it's like you come from this side, and it's another rock. And come from this side, it's another rock. And, but God says this, this, it's a huge rocky foundation. But ultimately, I will give you a grip to get underneath it and pull it up. Pull it up, pull it up. And once you pull it up, it'll leave a massive hole. And that will break the ground for you. Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so you guys, are, how many children do you have? Three. Is that the end of it? Okay. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the prophetic anointing upon her. I thank you, Lord, that she will act strange at times. Oh, yes. You have your daddy's anointing. Becoming strange suddenly. I feel like singing to you.
that your better days is ahead of you. Come on, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that she will prophesy and she will see visions and dreams and that the Lord will use her for his glory. Hallelujah. Come on. Father, I thank you. 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 God says you're going to have joy. You're going to have joy. Yeah, you, you, will, you will just make music the whole day if you can. And you will just you will just sit in the lap of Jesus the whole day if you can. Because once he brings it to you, don't think I'm strange. And don't think Jesus is strange. And trust your eyes. The Lord says, trust your eyes. Trust what I show you. Trust what I bring to your eyes. You, you may think you see it with the eyes of your of your natural eyes it's not your natural eyes it's the eyes of the spirit the natural the natural eye cannot see a picture that is not in the room God says sometimes you will be in a room and you will see pictures in nature and you will say what's going on with me the Lord says that's me that's when I, sh I will show you pictures that is not visible to the natural eye trust the gift that's in you trust the gift that's in you you had many stirrings, but you doubted. You had many promptings, but you were not sure. You had many ideas, but you don't want to talk about it. You sometimes feel, this needs to stop now, because I don't know what's going on with me. I am not a prophetess. I'm not a prophet. I should not do that. I don't say that you're a prophet. I don't say that you operate in the office of a prophet. But I do say to you that you have a mantle of the Holy Spirit on you. And I do say to you that the prophetic gift is in you. Trust your eyes and trust the gift and trust the prompting. I have a launch for you, says the Lord. Sorry, ma'am. I lay hands on you strong. I have a launch for you. I'm prompting you now for a long time. I'm giving you visions now for a long time. I'm giving you eyesight for a long time. I'm, 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 I'm stirring you for a long time. I have a launch. I have a launch. I have a launch. I'm going to launch you. It's John 21. Do you love me? Yes, you love me. <laughs> Your axe is coming. Your book of axe is coming. Your book of axe is coming. I have called you, says the Lord. It's time to go to another level. You have been on the previous level for too long. It's time to step up. Father, lay my hands upon her husband. And I thank you, God, for your hand upon him. And I thank you, God, strong, stable guy. He's not like you and you are not like him. You will say, I saw this, and he will say, what? He doesn't have what you have, but you don't have what he has. And sometimes you will run ahead, and you will say, that says the Lord, and that says the Lord. And he will say, calm down, honey, calm down, calm down. He's like, a, he's like a, the stabilizer. But even he will have to get some fire in him because I'm taking you to another level. So even he will step up to another level because I'm doing something new in you, ma'am. Bless this couple. Use them for your glory.
this your, your husband is more the guy with he's the foundation really he's the foundation he's solid strong foundation you're the one that dance on the foundation I don't say you sit on his head, but you dance on the foundation. There's a difference between sitting on your husband's head and dancing on the foundation. You can dance and you can be who you are because of him. He's a solid foundation in your life. God says, I've got much more for you. Teaching ability. You need to teach her. You need to, Lord, I stir up the gift in this man to teach in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, sir, I'm not saying this to you because I want to say something to you because I said so much to her and I'm not saying anything to you. So what, what shall I say to him? No, I'm not saying that's not why I'm doing it. Teaching ability. But you will never know how big it is until you start. Because you never want know what's in you until you start to pour it out. And then you will know, oh my goodness, I have a bigger gift in me than I ever thought. Bless him in Jesus' name. Are you recording all of this? I charge a fee for that, you know. I'm teasing you. How many of you love the Lord? Can we, can we just go home? I'm, my, my legs is aching. I need to get on my bed now. Who are you? You are Jeremiah? I always wanted to meet him. I really did not think he's still alive. <laughs> I'm teasing you. Is this your wife? Amen. I'm just teasing you. I wish you not do that. Take hands. Father, I thank you for this couple. I thank you for your hand upon them. I thank you, Lord, for beautiful people, great talents, great giftings. It's always about her, and you always want to stir her up, and you always want to help her. But God says, how about you? Come on, son. Come on, son. You're like a gold mine, and nobody knows it. You have gifts in you that nobody knows about. Come on, son. I'm going to open you up, and I'm going to show. It's like a jewelry store. All the big diamonds is in the back. In the back, it's hidden in the back, what you call it, in the safe. The big diamonds. God says, you're a big diamond in the back of the safe that you cannot see in the front of the jewelry store. I want to get you out of that safe, says the Lord. You have great, great abilities in you. Father, I stir up the gift in you. In Jesus' name. And Father, I bless his wife. In Jesus' name. I want you to come back tomorrow. Ma'am, who are you? Just when I want to go. Oh, come on. I, I want to go. What's your name? Tracy. And who's that? Tracy. You're going to fly again. Tracy, your wings has been broken. And you've been grounded. You're like an eagle. Your one wing is broken. You cannot soar anymore. You cannot even get off the ground, Tracy. It's late at night. I want to go to my hotel, but I cannot get away from Tracy. Tracy, your wing is broken. You cannot soar. You cannot fly. You've lost your joy. You're broken. You're devastated. 
But God loves you too much to leave you alone on a Sunday night this time. It's late. I did not know God still works 20 minutes after 9. But God still loves Tracy. And Tracy, God says, I'm going to restore your wings. I'm going to heal your heart. And I'm going to make a way where there is no way. Because the Lord says, you are like a, you are like a beautiful piece of art in the showcase of God. But somebody came and pushed you off the shelf and you broke down and you are in pieces. But God says, I'm bringing you back to the showcase. And I will restore you. Nobody will even know that you have been broken. He did not say much. He did not fight. You don't want to fight. You were tired of fighting. He just thought, just get it over and out. You saw it. It hurt your heart to see mama going through that. That has made a dent on you. How old are you? 21. And when you saw what happened to her, you almost said to yourself, I don't want to go that route. Never. You have locked yourself in since you saw what happened to her. And you've said, I will lock myself in. I will not allow anybody to come close to me. You've been hurt just as much as she has been hurt. And the two of you help one another and you lean on one another. That's where you are standing in. That's why the Holy Spirit cannot walk past you. Because God is always drawn to broken people. Father, I speak restoration over her. I pray, God, what the devil has stolen from her. It is so unjust. It is so unjust what has happened to you. You were treated so badly. You were treated so badly. And the Lord says, it's because you're not a fighter. And it's because... You are willing to walk out with nothing. You just want peace. If I can just get peace. God says, I will give you peace. But I call you my daughter. And I will turn you into a princess again. And I will heal and restore. I pray for her lovely daughter. Lord, she's so young. She's already been hurt. Pray, God, that you will make a way for her. Lord, it's late, but I thank you. The prompting of the Holy Spirit brought them for breakfast. And Jesus is saying, eat with me. Have dinner with me. Have supper with me. I will take care of you. And I will prepare both of you for a launch. Your future is bright. I'm with you. My name is Jesus. I see a future for you. You're a beautiful young girl. You have a lot of potential. And God says, this thing has made you seasoned, riper. And you're going to learn out of this. So that you will never allow anything like this to come your way. Don't let them fool you. Don't let them make you huge promises. Be careful. If Jesus is not first in their life, there's the door. Right through that door, that's where you need to go. Jesus is your only rescue.
ask you. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all that you've done tonight. Lord, we, we worship you. Can we just close with uh, our hands in the air to just, to just love Jesus? God, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for the move of your spirit, Lord. The things that we heard that encouraged us, Lord, just like we see in 1 Corinthians 14, how it encourages everybody who hears it. And God, it causes all of us to surrender to you even more, and we love you. We thank you for all the working of your spirit that we didn't even see in here, God. God, we pray that we all would rise up like Peter and trust you, God, that you do have a future for us and an impact through us, Lord, that we would be open to it and obedient and surrender to it. We love you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, we will see you tomorrow.